I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome. Tie Like Beer, the podcast where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. With us today, we have the full team back in attendance. Uh, we've got the Doc. Aloha, everybody. I think he's podcasting from his aquarium, so he's getting okay. some uh, right up, up and close and personal with those fish. Right. Yeah, hey, we'll watch out for that one. And we've got producer Joe. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. And sound guy Tom. Check one, two. Check one, two. You know, talent tonight, I think we will live up to our reputation as your go-to educational podcast with a return to wild thing. It's about time. It's about time. Listeners, you're going to end the hour smarter than you started. In a small way, at least. Uh, I think that's a guarantee. That's a lock that that will happen. Nice. You bet your bottom dollar, baby. Listeners, there are a lot of podcasts out there. I've been listening and a lot of craft beer podcasts and a lot of beer enthusiast podcasts. Not all are created equal. Not all for everyone, but you, dear listener, have found your way to a podcast just right for your impeccable taste and your cunning wit. Double Jeffs, resident marine biologist, this is I Like Beer, the podcast where humility reigns supreme. Ooh, well said. Well said. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Uh, you know, actually, I, reflecting on one thing, too, I was just thinking we're, we're coming up pretty close on a year anniversary of doing this uh virtually because of COVID. So that's kind of crazy. That, uh, yeah, uh, that's nuts. You know, we, 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 we did it for a while in person and I think we've, we've definitely done it much longer this way than we did it in person. So looking forward to the time we can get back a, around a table again and, and share beers as opposed to on front doorsteps. And dinner. And gentlemen, we are actually getting really close to episode 100. Nice. Oh, I feel like we should have started with that, the countdown to 100, but okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Speaking of uh, uh, leaving beers on doorsteps, just out of habit, I was making the rounds yesterday, dropping off some Central Coast beers, and uh, just out of habit, left Padre his uh, his beers on his porch and went home, sent him a text saying, there's beers on your porch, and realized. I didn't do that to taunt you, Joe. Uh, I really didn't. In fact, you know I didn't, because I followed up with a text saying, I'd like those beers back. They were, they're fresh. They need to be enjoyed fresh, and a bit pricey. Yeah, and... <laughs> They were good. So, yeah, thanks. Well, I would love to hear that, but I know that's yeah. not true. I know they're just. I was telling Joe, I think what we do uh, next year is we we all practice reverse Lent. And that's where yes. we pick up a sin and we practice that for 40 <laughs> days. Right. We just do that. We just like nail that sin for 40 days. Yeah. And then get it right. We go. Get it right. So, I mean, that's something to think about. Just yeah. you know, put that on the back burner there. I like that idea. I'm considering giving up sobriety for next Lent. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> We are friends who love good beer and telling stories, so we turned it into a podcast. And like I said, we are a virtual podcast at this moment, looking to forward to getting back in person. Teachers by day, beer drinkers by night, and we are lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, California, beer mecca within a beer mecca. 36 breweries and a few new ones open up right here in our little slice of beer heaven. Please pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and join us. And of course, make sure you find and follow us on social media at I Like Beer the Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I like Beer the Po one and I like Beer the Ta one on Twitter. And then make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and comment. You can also check out our website, learn more about us, and see photographs from field trips, both virtual and uh, in person, back when we were able to do some in person ones. Uh, see some of our favorite beers. Uh, there's a beer book blog, just released the second newsletter, looked awesome, did a great job with that. Jeff. Thank you. Yeah. So check it out. I like beer, the podcast.com. That means when you go there and when you follow and you subscribe and do all those things, we get to go to more breweries. We get to hear more stories and share them with you. Closing in on 12,000 downloads, creeping towards 2000 followers on Instagram. And we are now over 500 on Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. I'll make up, a, I'll make up social media uh, platforms. Yeah. If that's what needs yeah. to happen, we make up awards. We could yeah. make up uh, platforms. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Also, don't forget, too, we can drink together. Still, even in these times, we can virtually drink and toast on Untapped. Uh, we're pretty easy to find. Look for all of us under I Like Beer, the podcast. And lastly, re reminder to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Talent and I join forces with author Ryan Wolt to discuss books over beers. 
And we just added a new one, Kurt Vonnegut Jr.'s Slaughterhouse Five. I learned a lot on that one because, like I said, I read that book oh. and I, you guys like opened my mind to that book. So that was really pretty yeah. fascinating. I read that one like 30 years ago. I'm going to yeah. have to reread it and join you yeah. boys. Well, and then when you need to find out some analysis and get some in-depth analysis, check out the uh, the latest episode there on the, on the YouTube channel. Speaking of that, listeners, you're welcome to join us and other fans of the show in our monthly book club. Send us a message or contact us on social media. Uh, we'll get you the information. Speaking of that, real quick. Oh, oh well, I got nice. cut off, but I was going to say, yeah. Priorities, job, it's Tom. priorities. You know what you that know means? You know what that sound means? <laughs> I do know what that sound means. <laughs> Wait, Tom, should I do that again? <laughs> hey, uh, Todd, you're a little, you're coming a little hot there. I'll quote Tom. Coming in hot, Tom. Hey, that obnoxious noise was that we need to have a beer. All this talking, we're, I'm getting thirsty. That's true. Amen. Beautiful. I'm, I'm with you. Talon and I, we just spent a weekend, the long weekend up at the Central Coast of California, checking out the brewing scene. So we present to you for your consideration 805 Cerveza. Talent, you're the one that saw this up on the board. Yeah, so we went up there. We did a little camping in the in, up at the Central Coast there around Slow Area and Morro Bay and that kind of stuff. On our way up, we stopped at Firestone Walker for lunch. You know, I was all ready to go in and order something. I walk in and I see 805 Cerveza and I'm like, what is that? And so uh, the, the guy explained to me that they, this was a, a beer that they've recently started brewing. You got an instant Woody, I'm sure. Oh, totally. No, it was like, it was like love at first sight. And I didn't even, hadn't even tasted the beer at that point. So I said, well, I'll take one of those. It's fantastic. They brew it with lime. It, it reminds me a little bit of a Stone Buena Vesa, but it's not as uh, aggressive. Uh, I think the Stone Buena Vesa has more of the salt and lime kind of taste to it. It's a really well done kind of Mexican lager. And so we immediately purchased uh, a couple six packs there, finished that like in the first night at the campsite. So we ended up buying a bunch more, came home with a ton of this stuff. I'm assuming that very soon here it'll you'll be able to find this pretty much anywhere you find 805 because it's it is a good complement to that beer and it's going to be uh for me it's going to be a go-to beer here from here on out and I can't wait for the weather to get even warmer because it's going to be a great summer beer too. I think it's my favorite Mexican lager after El Smith Sublime. Yeah, thanks for bringing it back. You know, I I like it cuz it's got the tiniest hint of lime and you know it's not overdone. Yeah. It's really good. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually funny. I had a stone. I had a couple stone Buena Vesas last night, so I can kind of compare them. I, I really have gotten where I really like that beer as well. But I do, like I said, I think this has just got a little smoother finish. And it's wherever that, like I said, that salt, you know, flavor that they've kind of incorporated into that Buena Vesa. Um, this doesn't have it. So it's, it is very smooth and very crushable. I would say this is definitely a porch pounder. Nice. Yeah, my, my fear was it was going to be their Blondale the 805 yeah. with lime, but it's not, it's a, it's a lager. It's a Mexican lager and it's yeah. super clean, super crisp. And after several trips with no luck, Talon and I were able to find some Cervantes. We even had a doc's wife up there looking around San Luis Obispo for Cervantes for us a few weeks ago and no luck, but we, we got some, we have some, we brought some back from central coast brewing. Yeah. That wasn't even, I was like where we walked in there, they didn't even have it on tap. And it wasn't until you said, Hey, do you have some? And he goes, well, I think I got a couple cans in the back. So we were, we were pretty fortunate. Yeah, thank you to Daniel running the uh, the tasting room there. He was he was awesome. So we have some more selections from the Central Coast to share, both this podcast and next podcast. The bell of the ball was Slow Brew's uh, Cali Squeeze Heffenweizen with Mango. Uh, saving that for next week, if there's any left, because <laughs> a good, good uh, the fixer really likes that beer. So it's it's been disappearing out of the fridge quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on the podcast-only shelf, but she, she goes, we it's paid for not them. not working. Yeah. <laughs> We I snuck some out to some some homes already. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it was fantastic. I I would say that, and I think we're you know we went to um what is that Slow Brew and that that Slow Brew Rock facility or the Rock facility, which is out of kind of downtown area. But what an awesome brewery! If you're ever up in that area, you have to go visit it. Right now, it's set up really nice, all outdoors and that kind of stuff as well. But the uh, they have it honestly. It is called the rock and they have this, it is a massive rock that's in the middle of the brewery and it's all built around it. It's just such a cool venue, had great food. Um, and then they have all, all their beers, obviously, and, and they've done a really nice job with their beers. And But I do agree with you. I think the highlight for me on this of the ones that I tried was that the Cali Squeeze, the, the Heffenweizen with mango. They had a couple different versions. They have a pink lemonade version of it. I'm trying to think what the other one we had that uh, there was, there was one other one, but this was, this was hands down was the one that was kind of the highlight. 
We went to, over to Libertine at Morro Bay and had a blackberry sour that was fantastic. We hit Rincon Brewing and had a, another great Mexican lager that I that I bought a six pack of also, yeah. La Reina. Yeah, so we managed we managed to get a few breweries in, which was fun. Went on some sweet bike rides and uh, hiking and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of nice. So I would encourage if you're local Californian, whether it's north or south, head to the middle, <laughs> central coast, and 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 take a weekend or spend some time there because there's a ton of stuff to do and uh, it was it was really fun. Most importantly, we brought beer back. Yeah, to share. That's exactly right. And you got one in hand. So Maestro, roll out the orchestra. It's time for toast. Roast and pour one out. So as long as we're on the California Central Coast uh, praise, I'm going to get my toast in real quick for thanking the Central Coast of California and the people that live there and work there for putting faith back in place about humanity. It reminded me that we can have nice things. It is possible. Because <laughs> sometimes I forget that in SoCal, especially <laughs> driving through LA, you forget that you can have nice things. It is possible. Sometimes you have to go up to the coast of Oregon to remember that too, or, or to Seattle and you go, oh, we can have nice things. People take care of stuff. Thank you, Central Coast. Tom, I see you're up here for a toast. Yeah, I actually got a, a few different uh, quick hits as talent likes to call them. Nobody has ever called your toast a quick hit. Timer, Joe. Let's, yeah, see, yeah, let's yeah. see if we can get these quick the hits. Timer a, we're going to see what Tom's definition yeah. of a quick hit is. So uh, as we all know, Texas was hit hard with those severe winter storms the last couple of weeks. But there were actually some good Samaritans who came out of the, the snow. Jerry and Jones? The freezing cold. Oh, no. <laughs> Ted Cruz? I wanted to just shout out a couple of people that I, I read about. Uh, there was a Texas couple who hosted the delivery driver for not one, not two, but five days in their home when her car got stuck at the front end of the blizzard. Um, and they put her up, and she basically became part of the family over those five days. Got it. Next. <laughs> there was another one where store attendant showed up the day after his store had been closed. He actually had water on the outside of this store. And people had actually just shoved money into the mailbox slot of the, the store door. So the guy made $620 on water on a day he was closed. So hats off to the people who actually, you know, paid the money, you know, for that, for that water, you know, in a desperate time like that. So that was just a couple of them from Texas. And then in the same week, I uh, just wanted to say there might actually be a glimmer of hope on the COVID-19 front for the first time in seven months a Missouri hospital COVID-19 unit, ICU unit is completely empty. Ah, nice. That is good. There, there's hope out there, gentlemen. Fingers there's crossed. There's hope out there. So that's my quick hits. Timer, click. Three minutes and 30 seconds. Four minutes and 20. Oh, uh, no. What was the ruling on that? Oh, <laughs> I okay. had it at four. <laughs> Lightning fast. That was pretty quick, Tom. That was good. Thank you, Flash. I'm going to do some quick toast real quick. So first one, a lot of people have been asking for some updates about the Penguins. I've been looking for gay penguin nose. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what the gay penguins are doing right now. I think they maybe head south for the winter. Um, they're in Miami Beach. I don't know what, what's going on with the gay penguins. I'm looking for that. But I did find this, that this year there was a photographer. He was up in Antarctica somewhere, and he was taking pictures of 120,000 king penguins. And in the middle of it, he spotted a yellow penguin. And and it was had yellow plumage uh, instead of you know traditional black feathers. It was yellow. It stood out in the middle of us. It was like the most crazy thing. Pictures of it, it looks totally bizarre and made up, but it is actually a thing. And it's called a leucistic penguin, and it has cells that don't create melon anymore. So its black feathers become yellow uh, instead. So there you go. So uh, nothing about gay penguins, but now there are yellow penguins. Yellow penguins. Hey Doc, uh, penguins would would head north for the winter, wouldn't they? Well, uh, that is very true because they are only found in the Southern hemisphere. So, yes. Well, again, I try not to pigeonhole penguins in any uh, area. And so I didn't want to say if they want to come South, if they want to come South, they can come South. They're more than welcome to come South. As my, uh, as my good mentor and prophet said, not that there's anything wrong with that, right? So if they choose to come South, we're not going to judge. I'm thinking the one with the yellow plumage, 
Yeah. Definitely would be going Miami. It could be the gayest of the Penguins. So. <laughs> well, we'll have to see because <laughs> uh, they haven't found a second one. So if they find two of them, we might have success and they might right. finally have their own kid. So sorry <laughs> right, that became right. a longer one. But and then my second one, closer to home here, major props and toast to Alesmith Brewing, uh, one of our favorite breweries here in San Diego. And uh, they uh, continue to dominate in the beer realm, uh, not only both you know locally, but also now globally. Uh, recently, Rate Beer uh, released their best brewers of 2020. They listed Alesmith as the ninth best brewery in the world. Wow. Uh, so okay. that's pretty impressive. That's impressive. That's awesome. Alesmith, kudos to them. They're doing a great job. And, and brewing to- new stuff, like you said last week. Yeah. And constantly changing yeah. and, and, and evolving and moving with the time. So I thought it was pretty cool. I picked up that collab with Stone and the the ghost that they're making. So yeah. first one over gets a taste. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I got to leave the podcast right now. I will see you guys uh, next week. <laughs> no, let's finish up what we're doing here. Oh, okay, I, sorry. I believe you're the only one with a roast, so you can't go anywhere. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, oh, so I'm going to roast. So sticking with my animal theme here, uh, I'm roasting seagulls. And uh, I guess at the same time, I am roasting humans as well here. Uh, and you'll see as this story plays out again, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, this could be a WTF very easily. Um, but I decided just to roast the seagulls because I'm, you know, seagulls are what they are. Um, so basically, uh, just of the story is we all know that seagulls are basically bastards, right? They are nuisances. They make a mess everywhere. Wow. Yes, they make yes. a mess everywhere. We were there down at slow. <laughs> we were watching the otters play around and the seagulls are coming in and trying to steal stuff. Anyways, so this happens in Scotland. Apparently, they're also have issues there in Scotland with him. So there was a, a gentleman name was James McKenzie, in case any of you know him out there. Uh, so he uh, approached a, a, a woman. A, she was 27 years old, a, a woman, and he kind of came at her with a clenched fist. So he kind of in a threatening way. So my question to you is, how do you think she responds to the threat? You're not going to know. So I'll just tell you. So she responds to the threat by grabbing this guy, kissing him on the lips, and then bites through his tongue. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, and so a piece of his tongue ends up being severed. OK, wow. So he kind of is walking like, what the heck's going on? He spits out the piece of the tongue and a large seagull swoops down and, and grabs the piece of the tongue and then takes off with the tongue. So he's rushed to the hospital. He's got this wound and they can't do surgery because the tongue's gone. So now he's permanently impaired because of the missing tongue. So the final like this all came out because of the court case was going on. The woman pleaded guilty for assault and she's going to be sentenced later this year. But let's be honest, the seagull stole the tongue. I mean, that was, again, you don't can't blame them, but, uh, but again, so I don't know who to roast more on this one, the, the humans on how they reacted in the situation or the seagull for just being a seagull, but that's my roast. Is there a punchline to that joke somewhere? It was not a joke. That's what I'm saying. You can't make this, <laughs> the punchline is you cannot make this stuff up. As you said, you, you earlier about, uh, you had your uh, faith in humanity restored. There's a story to uh, rip that faith in humanity back, right back to where it was before you just started. Bring it back I step. just picture James McKenzie being like a Sean Connery type and and waking up in the hospital with a vendetta against the the seagull. seagull. You know, it they pull be. a knife, That's... you pull a gun. He sent one of yours <laughs> to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. <laughs> that could be it. And that takes us to pours. Tom, you're up first for a pour. You want me to go first? I do. All right. Yeah, before I turn the timer off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been an unfortunate couple of weeks with several passings. For the benefit of my counterparts here, I'm going to limit myself to two. <laughs> <laughs> How about pick right. your best of the two? <laughs> well, no, these two Not are happening. worth mentioning. No, okay. So, <laughs> Listeners, I tried. The hills that were once alive with the sound of music are now silent. Christopher Plummer passed away on February 5th at the age of 91 in his home in Connecticut after suffering an injury from a fall. You should explain for most of our viewers what the sound of music is. Yeah, right. I think the I'm vast majority of our, our listeners have never even heard don't, of it. Don't add. Tell him. Yeah, don't, don't oh, sorry, sorry, add. sorry. I'm just hey, trying to help out. Interruptions? Interruptions yes. here? You know, right. timer? Sorry, sorry, you know? sorry, sorry. Time starts over. So, from Shakespeare to the sound of music, the actor is known for countless roles throughout his prestigious career. Including at the age of ripe young age of 82, he was the oldest person ever to win an Academy Award in the competitive category. And while he will likely be remembered most for his performance as Captain Von Trapp in one of the most popular movies of all time, the 1965 classic The Sound of Music, my personal favorite role 
was him as the Klingon General Chang in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. And Jeff, I've been holding on to this. Uh I submit for your consideration the irony of him quoting Shakespeare (laughs) in a science fiction movie. Tickle us, do we not laugh? Prick us, do we not bleed? Wrong us. Shall we not revenge? Our revels now are ended, Kirk. Cry havoc! And let's slip the dogs of war. I am constant as the northern star. To be or not to be. Rest in peace, dear Christopher. Our revels have now ended. One cannot appreciate Shakespeare unless he hears it in the original Klingon. That is true. <laughs> I've heard that said. Well put. Well, well put. Jeff. I think he says that in the movie. <laughs> Actually, it's the Chancellor who does, but yes. And then the second one I have for you guys is the gleam has gone out in the National Football League. Legendary NFL head coach and local favorite Marty Schottenheimer passed away on February 8th at the age of 77 from complications from Alzheimer's disease. Schottenheimer served as head coach for Cleveland, Kansas City, Washington, and San Diego over 21 years, compiling a regular season record of 200 wins and 126 losses and reaching the postseason 13 times. He is one of only eight head coaches in NFL history to reach the 200-win mark. Schottenheimer was known as a player's coach and was famous for his motivational speeches and phrases. Among them, there's a gleam, men. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam. The claim is gone. I don't know how I'm going to follow that, but I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, So first one I'm pouring one out for is cereal, guys. Uh, Be careful. Next time you open a box of cereal, uh, customs agents in Cincinnati, uh, they recently seized 44 pounds of corn flanks because instead of sugar, it was covered in cocaine. So, yeah. Uh, And basically, they said that they uh, intercepted that package recently. It was coming from Peru. The narcotic dog named... Biko flagged the cereal shipment and they tested it and they realized, oh, hey, this isn't sugar. Uh, so just again, be careful next time you open a box of cereal. It may not be cereal. New meaning to snap, crack, and pop in the morning. Exactly. Whoa. Oh, well done. <laughs> yes. And then again, my last one, uh, camping, pouring one out with camping, staying al- uh, along my animal theme uh, uh, this week is that uh, a-, a woman was recently camping with her brother. Her name was Shannon. Uh, and they were camping near Lake Haines in Alaska. I don't know where that is. Alaska is a big place, but it's uh, there's a lake there in Haines. They're camping after dinner. She makes her way to the outhouse. Um, and here's her quote. She goes, I went to the outhouse, sat on the toilet, and immediately something bit me. I didn't oh, no. know what it was. I felt the pain and screamed. So she runs out of the outhouse. Her brother hears the screaming and then goes to the outhouse. He kind of finds her outside and she's looking at the wound and they thought maybe, hey, she's been bitten by a squirrel or a mink or something like that. So he asks her, he goes, hey, where's this thing that bit you? And she goes, it's, it's in the hole. And so uh, he goes, well, I'm going to go in there and open the lid and, and see what's down there. So he grabs his headlamp. He opens the lid. And right there is a big old bear looking oh, up at her, no. looking up at him at that point. He said uh, he was not expecting to see that. Uh, he says he slams the lid down and sprinted away as fast as they could. And they ran back to where their camp was. Then they kind of treated her for first aid. She ended up being she was okay. What they were saying, the rangers came in and said that the bear had gotten into the outhouse through a kind of a side opening. It was a nice cozy den for the winter. (laughs) The guy said he didn't think she was bitten. He thinks actually, though, he swatted her with a paw. So uh, I think the lesson here is, is uh, next time you're going to use an outhouse, uh, look inside before you sit down, guys. uh, Check. And bears, stay in your lane. We don't need to be worrying about this <laughs> right. uh, uh, when, we're, when we're trying to take care of our business while we're camping. So there you have it. That's a good one. Ursa Arspite. Yes. Good call. Stay in your lane, bears. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Toast, Roast, and Pour One Out. I have to like the optimism that they were thinking it was a mink. Yeah. (laughs) Or a squirrel, a small squirrel.
could you imagine the shock though? Honestly, like, yeah. oh, let's see what it is. And you open up and this big old bear head just looks out at you. Like, oh, I think I would have lost it. I would, that would have been it for me. I probably would have killed over right at that spot. And maybe that's an Alaska thing. I don't know, doc, you're the expert on these things, but is that where your mind goes first? Probably a mink. Yeah. Could have been a mink. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a mink in the shitter. <laughs> doc, I can see you're ready for a beer. Yeah, you also oh, have yeah. to wet your whistle before we get started with the wild thing. Faux show. We should have a something from Central Coast Brewing. Talent, what do you got there? All right, so I've got a Cervantes, which we talked about. This is something we've been looking for. It's an amber lager. It's kind of an amber Mexican lager in a way. It's got, honestly, so it's Central Coast Brewing. One of the coolest cans in terms of their can art. It's got the, uh, the Dia de los Muertos skull, but he's got the big brewer's beard on it. It basically says they named it after Joe Cervantes as a fire-breathing silver-bearded cellar czar. Uh, I'm assuming that's someone who works at their brewery. And so they needed to name a beer after him. And so this is the Cervantes Amber Lager. And did it live up to our expectation? I'd had it two or three years ago. And and when my son was going to school up there, would have it every time. And then and then it was hard to find for a while. No, I, I think it's great. It's it's uh, a lot of times with some of the ambers, you get the weight like over too much caramel, you know, over caramel. And I don't think this has this. I think it's a, it's a very smooth. It's got a rich, you know, rich color flavor. I think they did a really nice job with this one. It's an, another one, very smooth, very balanced. Not too biscuity, although I don't mind biscuity, but it's not too biscuity. No, that's what I said. I think that's balanced. Like a lot of times with ambers, they can need to go over biscuity or over caramel. I think this one kind of hits a nice middle road on that. And what did you get, Doc? I don't know if I was supposed to open it yet, but I opened a Figaro Mountain. Is that all right? That's absolutely. They were all brought back from the Central Coast to enjoy. Nice. Which one was it? Yeah, I've got the Figaro Mountain Lizard's Mouth. Oh, that's really cool, actually, because when I was going to college up at Santa Barbara, we would hike to watch the sunset at Lizard's Mouth. And Tom, you may have been there. I saw that picture. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Lizard's Mouth. It's a famous place. People go up and drink beer and watch the sunset. Doc, that's exactly where I was this morning. That's where you are. When I saw that picture, I go, huh, looks like Lizard's Mouth. You were drinking beer in this morning? Morning hike. You know, I had my... My I like beer. The podcast hat on and a uh, couple beers in hand, and what the heck? Well done, sweet, beautiful, beautiful view. Yeah, and it, I'm I'm liking it a lot. I like a lot of the beers from Figaro Mountain. I'm a fan. So it's there a you go. bold hop forward IPA. Very I hot remember forward. we yeah. had that uh, while camping. Good. Mm-hmm. Glad you like it. Yum, yum. What do you got there, Tom? Well, I was going to go to Figaro, but I remember this little place called Captain Fatty's up here in Santa Barbara. Sure. Did you guys remember PGW1? That was one of our many stops, a uh, fan favorite of ours. And they had a, a little mix and match thing going on there. And one of the ones that I picked was called Plum Demic. And they're having a little fun with it because you got all these little plums on the can. I'm going to see if you guys can see that there. And they're all wearing face masks. And it's, it's, a, it's a kettle sour with plums, Madagascar, vanilla beans, cinnamon, and lactose, weighing in at 4.6. So uh, it's actually pretty tasty. If you like plums, you, you really like this. Excellent. And I've got the Monterey Street Pale Ale from Central Coast Brewing, which is their big award-winning gold medal winner in 2015, 2017, silver medal winner 2016, American-style pale ale, and it's exactly like an old school pale ale back in the day. It's delicious. I feel like I'm in 1998 again. So thanks again to Daniel for setting us up with these Central Coast beers. All good choices. Doc, these are the nights I really enjoy. I know listeners really enjoy because we just buckle up, jump in the old safari style Land Rover, pith helmet strapped, and we let you take us on an adventure. Welcome to Wild Thing. Tonight, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, diving back into the ocean. My passion, my forte, my area of expertise. And tonight, I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. I know everyone's got a passion, a soft spot for tonight. I bring you the orcas, the killer whales. All right. They're the badasses of the ocean, the top dog. They rule the seas. You might think, ah. 
What about great whites? They really just no. Orcas eat great whites for snacks. They snack on great whites. <laughs> so, hey, orcas are the apex predators. No one hurts them, except for humans. I've got a little bit of a personal connection with orcas. My siblings, I grew up near marine land of the Pacific, which was up in Palos Verdes near LA. And they were a lot older than I was. So when they'd go to work, they'd take me. They worked at that marine land of the Pacific. They'd take me and I'd just wander the park all day long. I knew how to get free candy at the candy machine. <laughs> I knew how to uh, do little hand signals for the, the dolphins that were in the, like the reject dolphins that didn't make it into the show. The they were reject the dolphins? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So the, do- the dolphins wow. that didn't make it into the show, yeah. I knew how to go back to their tank. call them the and, like, dumb dolphins. They're the I'd dumb give them dolphins. little hand signals and they'd go do little tricks and people dolphins. go, wow, how's this little freaking yeah. – eight-year-old kid know how to make these dolphins do these tricks so obviously you know i thought i was pretty cool the best part at the end of the day was you know orcas are always the they're always the future attraction all these marine parks right they had orky and corky and i at the end of the day after everyone had left i my brother would be like hosing down the stands around the orky and corky's tank i'd take the hose and i'd shoot it into the middle of the tank the orcas would roll over and i would like squirt it on their belly they'd like i was like scratching them with the hose so nice. so i i had an affinity for, and that's probably what that, where my love of the ocean started was just hanging out and you know I, I knew quirky. every show like verbatim i could you know it was pretty pretty awesome so so i you know i loved orcas from an early age but anyway so orcas also known as blackfish scientific name is orsinus orca they're a toothed whale they're a, they're like the biggest dolphin Dolphins have been on the planet for 11 million years. That's about how long orca's been on the world. So not, not that long, actually. I think oh, 11 million years, that's a long time, but not really. And you guys will like this because everyone likes this beer. The first written description of a killer whale was given by Pliny the Elder around 70 AD. Nice. He wrote, orcas, the appearance of which no image can express other than an enormous mass of savage flesh with teeth are the enemy of other kinds of whale. They charge and pierce them like warships ramming. There you go. Pliny the Elder describing orcas. But anyways, there has been no documented attack of wild orcas on humans. They like to play with trainers in captivity, but no, you know, (laughs) (laughs) not in the wild. No, never attack someone in the wild. So you guys know, you know, you can picture it in your mind. A typical killer whale, you know, has distinctive, you know, black back, which is the dorsal side. The ventral, the chest is white. They've got a big white patch behind their eyes. Also a little saddle behind their dorsal fin, the fin on their back. The males get to be like 26 feet long and weigh like 12,000 pounds. Females uh, weigh about you know a third less. They only get to be about 20, 20 feet long or so. The calves actually are pretty darn big when they're born. They're like eight feet long and 400 pounds. Isn't that crazy? In the wild, they can identify whales by that saddle behind their dorsal fin, also by their flukes, by taking pictures of their tail when they dive. But the males have a big pointed uh, dorsal fin. It's like six, as high as a man, like six feet tall, super pointy, whereas females like half the size and it's not really so pointy. It's, you know, more rounded. But anyways, orcas are found everywhere. They prefer kind of higher latitudes, cooler temperatures, more food. Uh, there's, they think there's around uh, like 50,000 on the planet. Half of them in it are a- Antarctica chilling with the penguins. There's three types of orcas. There's the resident ones. They just kind of hang out. They're, they're the ones we're familiar with here in Northern California. The ones up in the Pacific Northwest in British Columbia and Washington. They have close family groups. They eat fish. They've been heavily studied. There's the transient ones. I call the gangs. They're smaller and they just kind of cruise up and down all coasts around the world. They're transients. They just kind of, and they're not really closely associated. They're not really familial. They don't, they're not related to other, the orcas in their pod. Uh, But anyways, they're the mean ones. They eat mammals and seals and sea lions and other whales. And then there's also the the whales that are called the offshore group. They live way, way offshore and uh, they eat schooling fish. So we've got three types. We've got the resident, the transients, and the offshore. They also eat like sharks, tiger sharks, even stingrays. They eat big whales, and yes, they'll eat penguins. And you know that, that killer whales like uh, they like penguins with pasta. You know what they call it? <laughs> penguini. They call it penguini. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, some more good orca facts. They're really smart. They have the biggest brain of all marine mammals. 
uh, second only to the sperm whale. And what's kind of crazy is when they feed, they do this thing where they, let's say they, they can see a school of fish. They'll first kind of herd them to the surface. And by like, they'll do that by like flashing their white bellies. They'll also blow like rings of bubbles around the fish to get them in a tighter and tighter ball. And then when they get them into a tight ball, they actually smack them with their tail fins, their flukes to stun them. And then they can just easily go up and get the stunned ones and eat them. So they're super smart that way. They also can do this thing where it's called wave washing, where a, a few of them will they'll see, see like a seal on a small piece of ice and they'll create a wave by swimming at the ice flow and it'll like tip the ice and, it'll, and the seal will slide right off and they'll go munch, munch, munch. They'll munch on the seal. Does that make sense? You guys see that? I should have yeah, shown yeah. these guys a picture of it. By the way, this is a very well orchestrated plan. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> no, I, I don't get it. Can you explain <laughs> to me one more time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they also will eat whales. So they'll eat typically small whales like baby whales. So all the big great whales, gray whales, humpback whales, blue whales, the orcas will eat them. Sometimes they'll just eat like their tongue. They'll just kill them. They'll tire them out, eat their tongue, and just leave them. So, you know, kind of crazy, kind of gnarly. Also, you might have seen this thing on YouTube where they'll, they'll come up on shore. The, the Orcas will actually beach themselves. They'll swim up on shore, ride a little wave, and grab some seals on the beach, fling them around, and then they'll take them offshore and they'll actually play like a little <laughs> bit of seal football. Well, they'll, they'll like they'll like they'll like fling the seals like you know forty feet in the air. They think that they're kind of softening them up so that the that the babies can that the smaller juvenile whales can learn how to hunt. So they'll, the you think the, big this, ones I think will the catch seals one. like it though? The seals are yeah. a little extreme. It's like extreme yeah. seal. A, a little seal football. Yeah. So orcas have even been known to like eat deers up in British Columbia that happen to be like swimming in shallow water. They'll like snack on a little deer. And anyways, they're so smart. One captive whale at Marineland up in Canada discovered it could barf up some fish on the surface. Seagulls would come oh. and feed on that little regurgitated fish. And then the whale would eat the seagulls. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Seasoning. And actually, four other orcas at that same in that same tank learned from that adult male how to do that same thing. So they they learned they they actually copy of each other's behavior. Everyone's doing it. Yeah. So they're pretty amazing. They actually are also known for having super complex and stable social groups. Uh, there's like a matriarchal society. So all the residents will live with our grandma. Basically, there could be like four generations living together. So she'll live with all of her sons, her daughters, and her daughter's kids. There you go. They will all live together. They rarely separate. Only for a few hours at a time will some maybe head off maybe to forage or maybe to mate because they don't want to mate with their own clan, right? Their own, or with grandma their own watching. matriarchal line. Yeah, that's, that's rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. Yeah. Up in British Columbia, there's a famous line it's called a matriline and it's called a30 so it has three generations it has 12 individuals now there are three different matrilines within a pod right and then a pod there can be many pods in what's called a clan and so they're all kind of there you go so there's a matriline which are part of bigger pods which are part of bigger clans so that's a little bit of their social complexity so a little, little biology about orcas, they have good eyesight above and below the water, excellent hearing, good sense of touch. They touch with their tongue. Like all whales, or scientific name for whales is cetaceans, they uh, depend on echolocation, right, which is sending out sound and receiving that sound back. They use that for, for navigation, for feeding, for communication. They produce three kinds of sounds, clicks, whistles, and pulsed calls. So clicks are for like maybe navigation, discriminating prey from other objects. Each, oh, I think I have a sound here. Let's see if I can play this sound for you. Ready? First, here is uh, an, or actually, I'm just going to do, I'm going to forget the computer. Here we go. Here's an orca blow. Ready? I'm going to, I'm going to make one. Did that sound like an orca? Yeah, I thought it was in the, yeah, for sure. How about this one? Here's, here's echolocation. That sound good? Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. Wait, sounds here's right. a real one. Here's the real one. Here's, uh, here's some discrete calls. Let's see if this sounds up. They sound so quiet. It's so discreet, I can't hear it. You can't hear it? 
Yeah, they're it's really discreet. They're like a mink in a porta potty. Yeah, it's really discreet. So that was that was actually their discreet calls. Wait, a minute, so there are clicks, there's whistles, and there's booty calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. So discreet, discreet booty calls. Each pod has its own basic what's called a dialect. All right, and the calls and patterns actually are distinctive with within each matra line. So it's kind of interesting. So the newborns only produce calls similar to their moms right away. Uh, they have a, a more limited vocabulary or repertoire. So it's like slang. Each pod has their own slang. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, so anyways, family specific calls have been observed more right after a baby is born. Actually, they communicate more. So I think it's so that maybe the the newborn, the calf can kind of learn their language. So that's kind of interesting. And when two completely different pods get together, somehow they just figure it out. Scientists don't know. They figure out how to communicate. Here's some cool stories about uh, orcas. So Alaskan killer whales have not only to learn how to steal fish from like fishermen's long lines, but they've also overcome a whole bunch of techniques that fishermen have tried to figure out how to stop them. So in other words, sometimes they've used like unbaited hooks, like decoys, but here's one good, one good story. A fisherman, what they decided to do, they'd place their boats like a couple miles apart. So then one fisherman would bring in his fish and then while he was, you know, collecting his fish, another fisherman would bring his in so that the whales would have to go back and forth or figure it out. But anyways, they didn't think the whales would have enough time to go back and forth. But a researcher described what happened next. He says it worked really well for a while. Then the whales split into two groups. It didn't even take them an hour to figure it out. They were so thrilled when they figured out what was going on that we were playing games with them. They were breaching by the boats and happy. And so they, they thought it was just a fun game that the fishermen were playing. They're having a pod party. Yeah. yeah. And also like when researchers in captivity are trying to study whales, they think the whales, the whales like to have fun. They'll move stuff while the, while the researchers not look in. Um, so anyways. So like a bunch of teenagers is what you're yeah, saying. Totally, yeah, totally. Exactly. The substitute teacher. Yeah. So they think that the whales use of like these different dialects and like passing on of learned behaviors, it's kind of like, like a culture, like, you know, these, these, they actually have their own orca culture. Whale culture. So you might be asking, how long do whales live? I was asking that. Me too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the females actually live very similar to humans. The females live like 50 to 80 years, wow. sexually mature at 10 years old, peak fertility right around 20, and they're done breeding by 40, actually. Males, though, are uh, between the ages of 12 and 15. They're actually, their dorsal fin begins to grow taller and straighter. Interesting. There you go. Just like, yeah. just yeah. like young boys. Yeah. yeah. Taller and walking around. Just like tall middle school. Like tall, we said, yeah. teenagers. Just like middle yeah. school. Put that, put that book in front put of your crotch. Put the book over, right? your, uh, over yeah. your lap and there you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they're sexually mature around 15, but they don't really reproduce until you know, they're done with college, like 21, even though they, yeah. you know. Smart. Until they can drink. Yeah, there you go. The average uh, lifespan of a male is only around 30 years. They can live maybe to 50 to 60, but yeah, they live like half as long as the female. That's crazy. Whales in captivity, they live like 25 years less, which is a lot of people argue, "Eh, maybe that's why we shouldn't have them in captivity. So let's talk a little bit about killer whale sex. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This this might be an, an orca word conversation. Did you catch that? Or yeah, I that. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We're, we're with you. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a visual podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> well, that trainer has his hands full. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, hey, like we already discussed, there is no mating within their little matriarchal group, right? That would be inbreeding. So, in other words, they only get together when they, like, the males will leave to go mate. But they'll only get together with with females of a totally different pod. With like a, they can't even communicate with each other because it's a different dialect. You, so in other words, love it's is the good. universal language, right. doc. Right. They find less a way. talking. They just get down to business. Right. He's got the motion of the ocean. Man. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So they give birth to just one baby at a time, which might nurse for like two years. Uh, the mothers only give birth like three to ten years every three to ten years after a seventeen month pregnancy. Wow. Super protective of their young. 
Uh, other adolescent females will, will help to take care of the babies. They're one of the few animals that undergo menopause and live for a long time after they've finished breeding. So most, most animals can keep breeding right up until, you know, basically they die. Now here's kind of something really strange. It has been observed infanticide, basically where it was thought only that like in captivity, they might kill a newborn calf, but it was observed in the wild in British Columbia, uh, not too many years ago, that basically an adult male killed a calf of a female and the mom helped the mom of the killer helped because that male wanted to mate with that female. So thinking basically once he killed her baby, she'd be receptive to mating again. But you know what that mom did who got her calf killed? That mom went back and killed the male who killed her <laughs> baby. So kind of really? a little violent society, maybe. A full like serial killer story. I think that you'll yeah. probably see that on Netflix pretty soon. Yeah. Right, right, right. Criminal, so yeah. that kind of behavior is is consistent like in dolphins and porpoises, but not so common in, in orcas. Okay, so anyways, a lot of you guys are familiar with orcas from, you know, like the 1993 film Free Willy. Right, remember that where the yeah. movies? Yeah, I thought it was based movie? on your young life at Marineland. It sounds right like. where yeah. the movies Captain Star Keiko. Basically, so many people, you know, were upset with the conditions. Keiko was in an aquarium down in Mexico, was having all kinds of health problems. People said, "Hey, let's set this well free." So they agreed. They did it. They raised money and they 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 brought it back to its home off of Iceland, up in the Arctic. Well, Keiko didn't really do so well. And then within a year, it died after contracting pneumonia at the age of 27. So uh, we, we mentioned Blackfish, which was a famous movie that came out depicting that orcas in captivity like to play with their trainers and have killed several. And there's one, Tilikum lived in SeaWorld and basically was responsible for killing three trainers. And a lot of people said, hey, you know, maybe these orcas shouldn't be in captivity. And basically in 2016, Cyril said, Hey, you know what? We're not going to breed orcas anymore. We're not, we're going to end the shows, but today they still have the shows, but just the trainers don't get in the tank with them. So I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's edition of wild thing, where we focus on the incredible, amazing orcas, also known as killer whales. <laughs> Always an adventure, always a pleasure, always a good time, Doc. Thank you, thank you. Is there anything left in the tank of the uh, Land Rover? Oh, yeah, we got a killer episode. Oh, let's do it. Welcome to tonight's killer episode of Beer or Not a Beer. So, if you joined us last time, Tom is on the board with one victory. It's Tom won, the rest of you nothing. Listeners, <laughs> did you get get beer or not a beer correct last time? So here we go. Tonight's killer episode is all about killer beers. So remember, I'm going to name four beers. Three are real beers, and we've got guest Sean. Sean's going to play with us as well. Three are real beers. One is not a beer. I dreamed up while underwater. So we have brought in Tom's brother, Sean, who's had a really tough time understanding our bits yeah. and has, has asked multiple times, could we please <laughs> explain yeah. what's the bit after almost two years of toast, roast, and pour? I think he's more of a visual learner, so that's why we brought him in this way. So toasts are good? <laughs> yeah. Are the roasts bad then? Yeah. And so beer, how many beers are real? So Sean, welcome. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> Sean. Do you understand how this game works? <laughs> I think I've got it. I think I've got it. Go ahead. I'm still trying to recover from that photo of the orca. <laughs> All right. Hey, Sean, how many beers am I going to name? About 17, right? 17 okay, good. Right. Got close. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. I'm not sure Here why the picture of the orca is still up, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we change the slides on that? <laughs> no, no. All right, we'll go to we'll go to oh, that's even better. Football. Show so the good. seal being flung 40 feet in the air. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Without further ado, find the beer that is not a beer. Beer number one, Killer Penguin. Beer number two, Unicorn Killer. 
Beer number three, Killer Whale Cream Ale. <laughs> you can't put that picture back on. <laughs> beer, beer number four, Free Wicked Willie's Willie, an ale. Free Wicked Willie's Willie. All right, we got beer number one, Killer Penguin. Beer number two, Unicorn Killer. Beer number three, Killer Whale Cream Ale. And beer number four, Free Wicked Willie's Willie, which is not a beer. We're going to start with our guests. Guests go first. Sean, which of those four beers is not a beer? Uh, well, I think we can see how the, the Killer Whale Cream Ale is brewed in that <laughs> photo. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it's real. It must and be I'm real. And I'm sure yeah. it's much more on the internet. Pint. Yeah. Handcrafted, that's it. Only available in growlers or kegs. <laughs> uh, what was the last one you mentioned there? Uh, free Wicked Willie's Willie. Free Wicked Willie's Willie? Yes. Uh, I'm going to guess that that one is, is, is not a real beer. You don't think it's Willy Willy true? <laughs> I don't think it's, I think it's Willy Willy made up. <laughs> All right. Let's go with bro. Tom. You know, I'm going to go against the grain here my, that I would normally think with regards to how, how your mind thinks. And I'm just going to go straight for killer whale cream ale. Killer whale cream ale. All right. Producer Joe. Killer penguin. Killer Penguin. All right. Influencer Jeff. I have a sticker over here that says Killer Whale Ale. It does not say Killer Whale Cream Ale, though. I'm going the free Wicked Willie's Willie. Wait, you got to say that five times fast. Go. Times five. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it. There. All right. And talent. Mm. I'm going to go also with the uh, free Wicked Willie's Willie. Free Ale. I Wicked think you could, Willie's I Willie. I think you could free Wicked Willie, but I don't know you're going to free his Willie. So I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> All right. So Unicorn Killer really is a beer. I forgot to type down where it's from. Uh, Killer Whale Cream Ale is a beer in Bold City Brewery from Bold City Brewery. And we're down to Killer Penguin and Free Wicked Willie's Willie. Yes, you guys got it. <laughs> Killer Penguin really is a beer from Boulder Creek Beer, and the beer I made up was Free Wicked Willie's Willie. <sighs> so who got that right? I got to keep score. Tom did not get that right. So right. our guest got it. Joe got it. Joe did Jeff not get got it. it. All right. I did Jeff's not got, get it. Uh, yeah. I did Killer Penguin. Oh, you did Killer Penguin. All right. So we have three of our uh, three of our staff with one point each. Did you at home guess Free Wicked Willie's Willie was the beer I made up? I couldn't resist that name. Guess Sean, ladies and gentlemen at home, hopefully enjoyed another edition of Beer or Not a Beer. See you next time. So, Joe, back there in the booth, is this a new thing? If a listener checks in with us, can they be a guest participant in Beer or Not a Beer? Oh, you bet. So that can happen. You bet they can. That can happen. All right. Send us a message. You can go old school and email us at I like beer, the podcast at gmail.com. You can message us on social media. We'll bring you in as a special guest participant in Beer or Not a Beer. Love it. Look what you've started, Sean. <laughs> How are you doing, Sean? I see you got a lot of notes. It's a lot of notes for four beers. <laughs> yeah. I think he's trying to sketch that picture. Yeah. yeah. Sean. I think you did great. You did do it. You did a great job. <laughs> I think Sean's head's getting bigger. He's, he got beer, not a beer. First try. First shot. Do I win some Girl Scout cookie talent? I'm looking for some Girl Scout cookies, man. Yeah, you have to come down here and get them. You can actually, I believe this year, you can just get Girl Scout cookies everywhere. They're all online now. So it's pretty easy. But yeah, I've got a couple for you. Listeners, thank you for spending the hour with us. We hope you had as much fun as we had and learned a thing or two. Make sure you share our podcast and check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Looking forward to next week when we'll do this again. We'd love to keep drinking, but right now we got to run. B double E double R U N beer run. B double E double R U N beer run. All we need is a ten and a five or a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N beer run.